0: Welcome to the Focus on Customer Service Podcast, presented by Social Media Today, where we talk to brands you know and love who are laser-focused on using social media to deliver amazing customer experiences. And now, here are your co-hosts, Dan Gingas and Dan Moriarty.
1: Hello again, everybody, and welcome to Episode 23 of the Focus on Customer Service Podcast. We're very happy to have you with us again as we travel across the world this time to Indonesia. How are you today, Dan Moriarty? I'm doing well, thanks, Dan. How are you? I'm doing great. This is uh, pretty far travel for us for this program. Absolutely. I'm super psyched we've
2: managed to get Danu Wicheksana from Jakarta in Indonesia, who's the managing director of a local e-commerce fashion store out there called berrybenka.com. Danu, how are you?
0: Hey, Dan. I'm doing great. Thank you so much.
2: Awesome. Thank you for joining us. I know it's uh, quite early out there. Could you just quickly, because I'm guessing most people listening to this probably won't know much about Barry Banker. Do you want to give a quick introduction to kind of who you guys are and what you do?
0: Sure, so Barry Banker is one of the leading online fashion e-commerce in Indonesia. We've been around for about three years. We are selling um, fashion and accessories products, including clothing, shoes, bags, and beauty products to all Indonesians here in uh, Indonesia. Most of our customers are women, so 80% of our products are actually fashion products for women. And in addition, we also have a separate website called hijabenka.com. Hijabenka is a separate website that sells Muslim fashion products like hijab, kena, and so on. That also sells for Indonesians here in the country. Cool.
2: Well, before we get too much into social customer care, which obviously is why we're here, One of the things Dan and I were super excited about was just learning a little bit more from you about the kind of digital and social scene in Indonesia and then found that Indonesia is the third biggest Twitter population in the world and the fourth biggest Facebook population. So are those the kind of platforms that are primarily used or is there other local options as well?
0: Yeah, it's very true. So social media is hugely popular here in Indonesia, especially Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. But also in addition to that, a lot of people here, especially people who shop at e-commerce company like VeryVedka, they also use a couple of other social kind of channels like WhatsApp, Lion, and also Kakao Talk, although Lion and WhatsApp are actually very dominant here.
1: Can you tell us a little bit about some of those other ones? I think that certainly Americans will know WhatsApp, but Line and the other one that you mentioned, they may be less familiar with. Can you give us a sense for what those are like?
0: Yeah, yeah. So let me explain a bit more about Line. So Line is very popular in Asia. I think it started in South Korea, where actually in Line, you can create your own shop and you can actually do some transactions within Line itself. In some countries, including South Korea, you can actually do a line payment inside the line platform itself. While in Indonesia, what we do is, as a company, as an e-commerce, Beri has a line account. So in that line account, people will be able to follow our account, just like in Instagram. And then we will be able to share our posts every day regarding new products to them. And then they can chat with us directly, which products they want to buy, and then we settle the uh, transactions over there. So it's very uh, dynamic and very engaging platform for people here in Indonesia.
1: Ah, it's fascinating, and. I- we don't want to make it seem that just because you guys are uh, across the world from us that you're not a big player in this industry. I mean, you were telling us before that you guys get four to 5,000 customer service inquiries every day, which is larger, frankly, than many, many companies in the U.S. So tell us a little bit about how you guys are organized to handle so much traffic on social media.
0: Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's, it's been fantastic. Every day we get about four to 5,000 inquiries, so we call it tickets. Out of those, actually, about 1,000 comes from Facebook, about 1,500 comes through emails and SMS, and about 1,000 comes from live chat, and then Twitter, Instagram line comprises the rest. How we divide our team is also depending on the traffic. So, for example, the biggest traffic comes from emails, live chat, and Facebook. So, we have about 70 to 80 people only in the customer service. So out of the 70, 80 people, about 30 people are actually working on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LINE. And for email, we got 10 people, and live chat, we got 10 people. So it's pretty intense. But people here in Indonesia and also Southeast Asia, they love to have a chat before they buy something. So this service is very crucial in their customer journey.
1: So walk us through a little bit. What does that chat look like? What kinds of questions are you getting? And are you measured on the ability to make a sale from the chat, or is it really just service-oriented?
0: Yeah, it's a very good question. So live chat for us is uh, pretty much usually consists of a couple of things. The number one is about product. So a lot of people in Indonesia, uh, when they look at products online, they have certain like hesitance, whether the products are actually in good quality, what's the sizing, and so on. So they always ask about products, details. The other inquiry that that always come up is really about the shipping, like how do we ship to them, whether we are using our own career or we are using third party logistics and so on. And the other one is, this is very basic, it might not be applicable in the US, is really how to order online. Because you have to imagine that we have 250 million people, but penetration for credit card is less than 3%, meaning that a lot of people are not used to shop online. Meaning that we do live chat actually to help them to play SPG role. Imagine you go to like Debenhams or you go to Macy's and then there's SPG there. Just like live chat agent popping up in your website page and saying, hey, how can I help? So it's really basic needs. And then from there, we can do either service, providing them information about the product, telling them where their shipment is, or really about pushing sales because they don't know how to order online. So it's both.
2: So Danu, just out of interest, we've only three percent credit card penetration. How are you taking so much volume of orders online? Is it credit card people only, or is there an alternative?
0: Yeah, so I think what's very different between here and the U.S. is that about seventy-five percent of transactions here happen offline. What I'm saying is that about fifty percent of people pay via bank transfer. About twenty-five percent actually pay using COD, which is cash on delivery, meaning that once they do transaction online, they actually haven't paid. So after that, they will need to go to uh, nearest ATM or e-banking or actually home and then they pay on the spot or cash on delivery, which is very popular here and also in India and China, I guess.
1: That's interesting. So what kinds of questions are you seeing from people on Facebook and Twitter then? Are they once they've already ordered or is it similar to the chat that it's kind of pre-order questions?
0: Yeah, on Facebook, it's actually both. For the pre-purchase step, usually the question is really about the product quality, the usually the fabric of the clothing itself, the sizing. Sizing is a big problem here because as you can see, BerryBankar, we sell more than 1,000 brands, meaning that different brands, they have different sizing guides. So it's very complicated here. Number two, when it's post-purchase, the most common question is really about the delivery. Like, where is my stuff? Uh, Where is it? Because in Indonesia, unlike in the US, sometimes tracking order is not perfect. So you can't really see where your stuff is on the real time. You have to wait until there is a step And then we can update you that, okay, your package is on the way. It's still in the hub of uh, third-party logistics. But I can't really see whether it's actually in certain street. It's going to be arriving in five minutes or seven minutes. We can't see it yet.
2: So, uh, Danu, let's get a little bit into the 30 agents that you mentioned. So you said you guys cover Facebook, SMS, email, live chat, and then Twitter, Lion, etc. Do you train the agents across all of the platforms or do they specialize in, say, Facebook or email?
0: Yeah. For now, what we are doing is they are multitasking, meaning that for social media agents, they should be able to cover uh, different platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and line, because the traffic also varies across the day, across hours and so on. So they should be able to help each other. What's different among agents is agents who handle social media and agents who handle telemarketing or telesales. They have very different skills, so we cannot mix both.
2: How do you see the skills being different?
0: Yeah. Uh, for Facebook and Twitter, it's really about chatting. So they don't really talk to clients or customers. Well, actually, telesales is really about how you persuade people on the spot real time. Facebook is really about how you write, how you are able to actually persuade using writing instead of like saying things.
2: Do you hold your telesales phone reps and your social team to the same KPI metrics?
0: For telesales, it's a bit different in the sense that they don't really handle complaints or tickets, it's really about sales and sales and sales. While actually for Facebook, Twitter, it's really both. So we have like two different KPIs for the social media team.
1: One of the other things that I noticed just looking at your Twitter feed is that you're multilingual as well. Can you talk about different languages and and how you're, you have to train the reps to handle that?
0: Uh, yes, of course. So Until last year, we used English as our um, language in our website, so we got a lot of complaints from customers because we got more and more customers from outside the capital city, outside Jakarta, meaning that more and more people actually are not yet familiar with English. So that's why we changed the website into our local language, which is called Bahasa. So starting then, the way we do website, the way we do campaigns are mostly in Bahasa, although for some cases... We still use English for the slogan or logo because it's actually, okay, this is quite funny, but in Indonesia, if we use English for certain words, they will perceive that actually it's cool, that we are a cool brand.
1: I see that your header on Twitter is entirely in English, but most of the back and forth with customers is in Bahasu.
0: Exactly. Yeah, that's correct.
1: It's the same here in America, guys. It's You know, certain brands
2: that they just put like a, a French name on it to make it sound more luxurious or fancy.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: I suppose that's true. <laughs> <Like we say. laughs> La Croix. I'm drinking now. You also mentioned, Daniel, that you guys have two different websites. I'm wondering if you can talk a little bit about the other website, Hijabanka, which you said was a Muslim fashion website, and how do you handle the servicing for both of them? Do they kind of get fed into the same system, or are they treated as completely separate brands?
0: Yeah, so for the two different websites, we actually have two separate social team. And the reason being is really the way we greet customers for Hijabenka is very different. So for example, when we do live chat, and then there's a customer in hijabenka.com, we always start with Assalamualaikum because that's the proper way of greeting customer in a Muslim world. And that's very important here, especially Indonesia is one of the biggest Muslim countries in the world. And the reason why we separate the website into two is that it's also about sensitivity. When customers want to buy products like hijab, they of course don't want to see hijab next to a bikini, which happens a lot in different e-commerce companies in Indonesia and also abroad. So that's why we separate the two products.
2: So, Duluth, do you hire separately? I mean, are they effectively two separate companies with different workforces and, and values and cultures and all of that? Or do people can people move between the companies from an employee perspective?
0: Actually, we have a different team running Hijab Enka for the merchandising and marketing. But for the customer, it's still under one holding company. Although within the customer team itself, there are two separate teams. So it's really still a hybrid per se. In terms of warehousing, fulfillment, is still the same. It's just the treatment is different.
2: And what about from a social customer service perspective? So I know you just said you kind of, your message differently, but do you hire specifically differently?
0: We hire specifically differently. So for example, for hijab and social care, we strongly prefer people whose religion is Muslim because they know more about the products, especially if she or he is actually using certain Muslim products. It's got to be much more helpful.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. So one of the things that I'm noticing on the Barry Banka Twitter page is that you are not responding directly to customers, that you're actually starting each of the tweets with what looks like in English is hi, dear, and then the person's ad handle. So that would mean that the tweet would go out to all of your followers instead of to that one person. Can you tell me about what you guys are doing there?
0: Yes. Actually, it Twitter... Actually, it's not trying. Actually, we show it to everyone so that if there is a similar problem, for example, some people ask about policy in return, then hopefully other people can see what has been answered before, before asking the same questions. But for Facebook and also Instagram and LINE, we can actually do private message. So you don't need to be exposed to other people's view
1: interesting and does that work do you see that that people will go through your feed and look at previous questions and answers so then you don't get as many repetitive questions
0: it happens about three months ago and then we track it it worked quite well not only in twitter but also in instagram so whenever there is a question in instagram we used to actually private message them or actually we ask them for a phone number and then we call them but we start actually replying them on the spot if the question is about the general policy. And actually it worked out pretty well.
2: So Danu, I've I've got a hard question for you. So you guys do Facebook, SMS, email, live chat, Twitter, Line, WhatsApp. I think I got all of them. If you had to lose all but one, which one do you think is most important for you guys as a business?
0: All right, it's gotta be very tough. Just one? Just one. Uh, it's got to be uh, either Facebook or live chat. <laughs> yeah,
2: those are the two that you think really do it for you.
0: Yes, yes, absolutely.
2: And how does Facebook work? Is it people coming to your wall and commenting? Are they responding to your posts? Are they direct messaging you?
0: Yeah, so as I mentioned before, Facebook is about 1,000 to 1,500 traffic every day. I think it's about a third is really a direct message. Uh, about a third is a public comment, and the other third is like a comment in a picture.
2: Got you. So, so a whole a combination.
0: Mixture yeah, okay.
2: yeah. And, and what about so you've mentioned Instagram a few times now how are you guys using Instagram from a kind of conversation and service perspective
0: yeah so Instagram is quite interesting in the last year or so we use Instagram as a branding kind of a media so we actually show certain campaigns or latest products in Instagram but there is no purpose of selling so we don't we never put any price we just always direct them to our website. However, a lot of people actually ask pricing in Instagram comments, like what's the price, how can I buy, and so on. So actually, at the moment, we start, like, we start selling the products itself in Instagram. So if you check our Instagram account, some of the posts are actually posting one product with its pricing as well.
2: Do you ever use it, are you ever looking at what people are saying about you, kind of doing kind of hashtag searches across Instagram, or are you more relying on them commenting on your pictures?
0: Yes, we actually have um, like two people looking at the um, different social media on basically trying to get sentiment about our our company. So not only in Instagram, but across different platforms.
1: We are talking with Danu Wichaksana from baribanka.com from Jakarta, Indonesia. And Jakarta, I read earlier today, has more people tweeting than Tokyo, London, or New York. So it is uh, absolutely, one website called it the social media capital of the world. Uh, if you missed Dan's stats before, it's the number of three country in the world for Twitter and number four for Facebook. So definitely a social population. Danu, very, very interesting stuff that you've been talking about. We always like to ask people about a memorable interaction that they've had with a customer. We have, you, know, you have so many of them. You mentioned four to 5,000 every day, but certainly some of them stick out and you kind of remember them for weeks and months later, maybe even use them in training. Anyone that you'd like to share with us?
0: Yes, I think I have a couple of really memorable kind of experience with customers And I think this only happens perhaps in developing countries like Indonesia. So in one of our Facebook message about three months ago, uh, there was one customer who already ordered a bag cost about $30 and COD payment method, which is cash on delivery. Actually, when the courier goes to her house, she apparently couldn't pay because she couldn't afford the shipping fee. So what she did is actually she rejected the package and then sent it back to our warehouse and then she messaged us on Facebook saying that, hey, Barry Ben, and then I paid the shipping fee in a month. So we replied actually, oh, so if that's a problem, we are happy to help you because customer satisfaction is our number one priority. So we actually give her free shipping even though the distance is very far. Imagine Los Angeles from Philadelphia. So we actually take a hit there, but satisfaction of customer is really high. So what happened is she posted her picture on Instagram and Facebook, and we got like, I think, more more than 500 likes. So we had interaction with a customer on, let's say, on Wednesday. She wanted to purchase a dress for her birthday party on Saturday. So she was buying on Wednesday, expecting the stuff to arrive on Friday. Unfortunately, though, our logistic partner, one of their couriers actually had accident, meaning that they couldn't deliver her stuff on time. And then she was very angry to know that by Friday, actually, the stuff was not there. So she called us. She put a lot of bad comments in Instagram and Facebook, in the social media, which is very bad for our branding. So what we did is once we saw that, we directly called her and then send exactly this the same stuff on the same day delivery. So she actually got the product on Friday afternoon so she wouldn't miss the dress for the birthday party. So in that sense, we turn angry customer into a loyal customer. Since then, she's been buying from us a lot.
2: And that's what it's all about, huh? Keeping them happy, keeping them buying.
0: Exactly. Satisfaction.
2: Uh, right. So, um... For the final question, Danu, a question we always like to ask, you know, people listen to this podcast to try and, you know, get tips and, and learn from brands that are doing it well. And you know, obviously you guys are doing it very well with the volume you're managing. We always like to ask people if they have any tips for people that are just getting started or another way we often word it is, you know, if you could give advice to your I'm sure you know you've learned probably a lot over the last three, four years of doing this. If you could give advice to yourself now, knowing what you know about social customer service what would you tell yourself you know when back when you were getting into the business?
0: Yeah, yeah. All right. I think a couple of uh, things that we can share, right? I think number one is really understand your customer's preference on what communication or social media channels that they like to communicate. through. So for example, we didn't have like line until about three months ago, but actually we read in the news that people actually use line a lot in Indonesia. So that's why we open up additional communication channel, which is line. So it's really understanding where your customers are in terms of social media and then open up channel over there very quickly. Number two, and this is more subtle, be careful when you want to scale your customer service team because it's not really about numbers. It's really about capability of your customer service agents or reps. You have to make sure that customer service agents are not working just for the money, but making sure that they're really making like emotional connections with the customers, making sure that they feel like they own the company, which is very difficult to do, but it's got to be like very, very useful in the future. The other one is really engaging the right technology partner. So imagine if you get 200 Facebook messages every day, probably you can still handle it with two agents. But when you get 3,000 messages every day, 4,000s, you need a technology to make sure that you don't miss any of the message. I think those three are a couple of things that we can share to people who want to start e-commerce or who are doing e-commerce at the moment.
1: Fantastic advice from a company that's doing it really, really well in Indonesia, BerryBanka.com and their sister website, isiabanka.com. And that's B-E-R-R-Y-B-E-N-K-A. That's also the Twitter handle if you want to visit them on Twitter. Donu, thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate it. It's been very informative, and, and Dan and I have learned a lot by talking with you.
0: Thank you so much for having me.
1: And thank you to our listeners. Once again, if you would like to nominate a brand to appear on our podcast, please tweet at us using the hashtag FOCS, and we will reach out to them for a future episode. Until next time, on behalf of my British friend Dan Moriarty, this is Dan Gingus, and we'll see you on the next Focus on Customer Service podcast.
0: Thanks for listening to the Focus on Customer Service podcast presented by social media today. Be sure to tweet your thoughts and nominations for other brands to be featured using hashtag FOCS and follow Dan and Dan on Twitter at dgingus and at I am Dan Moriarty. See you next time.